the Protectors of the Wood episode series. Episode number 37. An unusual group meets. Abby, Phoebe, and Yuvia had been in the boat together for about 20 minutes when Phoebe suddenly looked at Yuvia. I've seen you before. Abby was shocked. Oh my God. You don't even know each other. Phoebe, this is Yuvia. Watch the water, Abby. We can hear you. You don't need to turn around. Oh, I'm such an idiot. I was better at this when I was 10. I can't even remember which one of my friends know each other. But Yuvia and Phoebe were not listening. They were studying each other's faces. Even Yuvia had taken her eyes off the water. I've seen you before. Of course you have. Can you remember? Hmm. In the toy store. You buy paint and brushes every once in a while. <laughs> oh, you do remember. And I remember you and your father and mother. But I've seen them more recently in Rivergate and the forest. Ah, you probably see my parents more than I do. Maybe you paint like my mother. I've seen some of her work. I'm not that kind of an artist. I add details to boats, like names and where they're from, and sometimes fancy little extras. Some people want a lot of detail. My family builds boats, and I ride them all over, taking people and supplies here and there and fishing, or just exploring. Yuvia glanced at Phoebe's face again. You play soccer. I've seen you in uniform, working in your store. And we read about your high school team. I destroyed my knee in college this year, but now I coach. Her voice was not full of despair. She appeared to have accepted the fact. Abby was listening and trying to maintain her concentration on the water, but she wanted to watch the faces of her friends. Boats passed them going upstream, always close to the bank, and powerboats passed them from behind. Uvia's canoe held the center of the river. Along the way, streams, both large and small, flowed into the half-moon. The number and size of the boats increased. Phoebe asked, Are we going to sail? I'd love to try it. Not today. We don't need any help going with the current. I use the sail going upriver, and in the open water, in the wetland, and a few times we've gone all the way to the ocean. I'm envious. It's different seeing things from the river. Is it ever? I'm kind of addicted to seeing things from the river, but I'm also involved in these new events. Chichi gives me news, and I visit Evansville often and bring things back and forth. Abby was curious. So who's going to meet us? Who'll show us around? Where do we sleep? Sarah's supposed to meet us at the dock, but I was going to text her when we got close, and now I can't. I hope she shows up anyway. I know my way around. I've delivered vegetables and biogas to Evansville more times than I can count. And I have a friend there. We'll stay at his house tonight. So who is it? Abby almost turned around to see Yuvia's face. We're curious. I was going to surprise you, but I'll tell you now. 
It's Alex Johnson. Alex... Alex Johnson? Alex and Lexa? You're kidding me! No, you're just out of touch. Yuvia spoke with a wide smile, her eyes on the water. Well, how did this happen? I was just thinking about them. And about all of us in the Young Warriors Club. The Young Warriors Club? What's that? It was our Sunday school when we were children. They were all my friends until my family moved. You'll be surprised to hear this. Not long after you left Rivergate, Lexa and Alex left too. Their parents had long been separated and their mother died. Their father took them to live with him in River City. They had a big fancy apartment. I mean big. None of us had ever met him before and he had no interest in us. He just took Alex and Lexa and never came back. But Alex and Lexa invited us to visit a few times. And two years ago, they showed up out of the blue to visit Sunny. It turned out that their father had died and left Lexa and their governess in charge of everything, including Alex. My head is spinning. We're going to see him tonight? Yeah, believe me, I've got a lot of news. Yuvia obviously enjoyed surprising Abby. We didn't know it, but Alex and Lexa's father belonged to some real estate family, owning tons of property in River City and even in Evansville. So Lexa was suddenly wealthy and responsible for Alex, who was about 15 years old then and getting in trouble all the time. Abby was enthralled by the story. Well, go on, go on. There's so much to tell you, but just to sum it up, Alex had no money unless Lexa or their governess gave it to him. Lexa made Alex leave River City to go to college and bought a little house near Evansville campus for him to live in. That's where we're going tonight. His father didn't leave him with a cent, so it's been a struggle for him. Lexa's been studying finance at the Big River City campus and acts very grown up and strict with Alex. I can't blame her. Alex is a handful and doesn't take care of himself. His father doesn't trust him, that's for sure. Alex doesn't like talking about it, but we're friends now and we'll stay with him. So how does he survive? He's an artist and sells woodcut prints. The students have adopted the image of Noah's Ark as a kind of insignia, like a badge of identity. They printed a few big like a flag. I've brought prints to Rivergate and even up to students at Northern State. Students Against Fossil Fuels is organizing up there. I think I did see the Ark from a distance at the Churchyard Festival. You'll see a whole group of them tonight. We're meeting Alex at the student gallery after dinner and we'll walk together to his house. Phoebe was staring across the water. Hey, something's floating over there. See, it's, yes, a loose boat. A small dinghy was riding free on the current with no passengers. Yuvia and Abby maneuvered the canoe alongside and Yuvia looked it over. She managed to tie a line to the metal ring on the bow of the little white rowboat. 
and they began towing it along behind them. We'll leave it at the college dock and see if they can find the owner. Otherwise, it's ours. Got no markings. Who needs a boat? You'd be surprised how often this happens. Abby thought enviously. She's so happy. I wish I felt that way. Somehow, I want to copy Yuvia. Is happiness something you can learn? Phoebe was obsessing about the little rowboat. I'd like a boat. Can I have it? It looks like your boat, Abby. I still need a chance to use mine. You take this one, Phoebe. I'm so jealous of the boat we're in. I want a sail and a little motor like Yuvia's got. It's yours, Phoebe. Unless someone at the dock locates an owner, it's good luck to find a boat. And Abby, I've got a special present for you, back on the West Isle. We're going to get you fixed up good. Oh, I can't wait. Look, there's Evansville. A few tall buildings and the bridge. Yuvia slowly steered the canoe toward the right bank. A wide view of Evansville opened up before their eyes. The river seemed to grow and spread out, creating space for many docks lining the shoreline. The tall buildings were all on the left side. On the right-hand side, a long finger of parkland extended along the shoreline all the way from Half Moon. The Evansville College of Arts and Sciences was nestled among tall trees, like a town of mostly low buildings. Beyond the college, Riverside Boulevard ran all the way to River City. Docks owned by the Parks Department and the college clustered together, creating a marina of boats, all quite small by ocean standards. The depth of the river was only about five to eight feet and varied radically with rainfall and the tide. No large yachts or ferry boats could safely navigate the river until the Maywood River joined the Half Moon a few miles downstream. At that point, the river became wider, deeper, and crowded in a more urban landscape, climaxing at the great metropolis of River City. Yuvia maneuvered the canoe along crowded docks to a separate, more spacious area owned by the college. They tied the boat to cleats and the wooden platform, and a young man in a college t-shirt gave them a hand up. Yuvia told him their business and departure time on Sunday He wanted student identification, and for a moment they were stuck, unsure what to do. Then they heard Abby's name called, and Sarah came rushing up the dock. She was obviously nervous and impatient. Where have you guys been? So sorry, sorry. An emergency. And my phone is gone. None of us have a phone. I'll tell you more later. Sarah greeted the dock attendant. Hey, Bill. Hey, Sarah. What are you guys here for? They're all with me. Meeting in the energy building with Professor Richardson? He'll approve it. We picked up a stray boat. It was floating free a mile upriver. Can you look for an owner? In a moment, the three visitors and Sarah were hurrying across a wide pathway onto the college campus. Old buildings, generally only two stories, were spread out among trees and lawns and connected by flagstone paths. Abby had never seen anything like it. Wisteria grew up old stone walls and discreet signs were posted to guide visitors. 
The scene was calm and lovely in the early evening shadows, but Sarah led them at a furious pace. Phoebe lagged behind, pulling her right leg stiffly forward. Abby checked her timer. Hey, Sarah, but it's only 6.30. We've reserved the private meeting room starting at 6. Ricardo Richardson and a grad student and Freddie Baez are there already. We've made a dinner reservation for 7 o'clock. This is a big deal, and we're running out of time. Abby was thinking, She's the organizer, the mover and shaker. Just follow along. They practically ran through a maze of buildings where students walked in and out of dormitories and gathered in groups on the lawn. Cars full of arriving students and their luggage jammed the courtyard. Finally, Sarah led the group to a modern one-story building with a picture window, glass doors, and wings built on both sides. A limestone porch with benches and potted gardenias surrounded the main entrance. An elegant bronze sign read, Energy in the Age of Climate Change. Groups on the benches said hello to Sarah and stared as they hurried by, practically running down a carpeted hallway to wooden double doors. A quiet living room spread out before them, lamps on poles, couches and easy chairs, bookshelves, paintings, and a sideboard of refreshments were scattered around a wide area. Three men stood to greet them. Sarah took charge. Professor Richardson, Evansville Record Editor Freddie Baez, Assistant Professor Henry Timms, this is Abby, Phoebe, and... Sarah waited for the name. And Yuvia. They shook hands. Call me Ricardo, please. We're here to speak as equals. May I offer you some coffee, wine, tea, perhaps club soda? The visitors asked for coffee, and Ricardo served them himself. Freddy showed them to a long couch with a coffee table and looked at his watch. Hey, Ricardo, can we delay dinner half an hour at least? We need the time. Henry, see if they can give us until 7.30. Tell them we apologize, but it's important. Ricardo Richardson, the host and head of the department, wore a dark tailored suit and a pale blue tie. He was tall and lean, in his 40s, brown-skinned, with black hair cut very short. A gold ring with a small blue stone glowed on his right ring finger. Freddie Baez did not seem to be concerned about his own appearance. He looked just the same to Abby as he had appeared in Reverend Tuck's office, balding in his 50s, needing a haircut around the ears, a bit overweight, wearing a shabby pale suit with no tie. He sipped his wine and glanced around impatiently. Henry Timms looked maybe 25 or 26 years old, very young for an assistant professor. He was short and light-skinned with wispy blonde hair falling over his forehead and a vulnerable baby face free of wrinkles. His jeans and pinstripe shirt were clean and iron, giving him a bit of formality. Yes, right away. He hurried out the door. Abby and Phoebe were struggling to keep their eyes off the blue stone in Ricardo's ring. It's Dreamstone. It's Dreamstone. 
Their thoughts were buzzing, and they met each other's eyes with a look of elated recognition. They were thinking, Here's someone on our side. Abby glanced at Yuvia and noticed her wide-eyed look. She knows. Sarah retreated to a corner of the room and made a quick phone call. She wore her usual uniform, staff t-shirt, jeans, and wide red headband. Amy will be here in a minute. Ricardo gave a sigh of relief. Ah, excellent. Allow me to give all of you a chance to drink your coffee and relax. He spoke slowly and gently. I want you to know how grateful we are to see you here on our home turf. It's a tremendous favor. I know you've overcome obstacles to be here, but now we have a chance to put our minds together in hopes of a better future. This is a moment blessed by fate. Henry returned, nodded to Ricardo, and pulled up a chair. We're just getting started. They were silent, and the young women drank coffee. Abby was thinking, Well, well, quite an introduction. She was determined to play her role with all the concentration at her command and bring in Phoebe and Yuvia to offer all those things that she could not. The door suddenly opened and Amy Z walked into the room. Sarah hugged her and introduced her to Yuvia and Phoebe. Amy waved to all and sat in an upholstered armchair to the side of the couch. Henry hurried to get her a cup of coffee. The professor met everyone's eyes and began. I think we've all done a good job of arranging this off-the-record meeting, and I think we can count on each other's confidentiality. They nodded. Please bear with me while I give a brief description of our situation. We'll be discussing renewable energy developments that are still in an early, fragile stage, but are becoming too prominent to ignore. As you know, tomorrow, the Evansville Board of Trustees will be responding to our student-faculty declaration of climate change commitments. I realize that this document is technically open to change and negotiation, but most of us, including the trustees, are aware that we are drawing a red line, a firm position that we intend to implement with every bit of influence we can find. He paused and drank from a glass of wine. Thanks for listening. Episode 38 is coming soon. To hear all the episodes, please visit us at www.protectorsofthewood.com. For Facebook and Instagram, follow us at Protectors of the Wood Book Series.
the verses at my front door. To you it may be just a corner store, but I'm afraid to ask more, cause it's a lot to me. It's a lot to me. It's a magic land, and we're all in it. Step right up and let's begin it. It's in the faces of people that we see. Father, mother, sister, and brother. Don't you think together we might find a way? Because I gotta say, we can make it happen today. How I feel Now I finally know that it's real, it's real And I think together We might find a way Cause I gotta say We can make it happen too I gotta say We can make it happen too I gotta say Make it happen today. 